Chapter two of That Mother in Law of Mine by Anonymous. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter two Courting the Mother. Mrs. Pinkerton sat in an easy chair near the window, doing nothing, when I marched in to begin the siege. I felt diffident and uneasy, although I am not usually troubled that way. But if I should live to the advanced age of Methuselah, I could never forget Mrs. Pinkerton's appearance on that memorable occasion. Before I had spoken a word, I saw that she knew what was coming, and had hardened her heart against me. She had anticipated all that I would say, had discounted my plea, as it were, and prejudged the whole case. Her look plainly said, "'Young man, I know your pitiful story. You needn't tell me. You may be very well as young men go. You fancy you can more than fill a mother's place in Bessie's inexperienced heart, but you can't get me out. I am adamant.' Your intentions are all very honourable, but you are a graceless intruder. Your credentials are rejected on sight. I saw the difficult task I had undertaken. Mrs. Pinkerton, I said, mustering all my forces, it is no use mincing the matter or beating about the shrubbery. I am in love with your daughter, and Bessie is in love with me. I believe I can make Bessie happy, and I am sure nothing but Bessie can make me happy. I am come to ask your consent to our marriage. Then I hung my head like a whipped schoolboy. Mrs. Pinkerton took off her eyeglasses, and then put them on again with considerable care, after which she levelled a look at me, and through me, that made me feel like calling out, Murder! or making for the door. But I stood my ground, and heard her say quietly, So, you are engaged to my daughter? A simple remark, but the tone meant, you are a puppy i had to muster all my resolution to reply politely and coolly that with her gracious consent such was the fact are you aware that it is customary to obtain parental consent before proceeding to such lengths mrs pinkerton excuse me i thought in my ignorance that it would be just as well to do that afterwards or rather i didn't think anything about it i was so much in love with bessie that it was all out before i knew it if i had thought of course i would have yes yes said mrs pinkerton if your kind of people ever thought they would undoubtedly do differently bessie certainly ought to have known better girls rush into matrimony nowadays with as much carelessness as they would choose partners at a game of cricket i should have been consulted in this it is all wrong to allow young people to have such entire freedom in affairs of this kind as they are allowed in these days but certainly my dear mrs pinkerton i said becoming somewhat impatient you will not refuse your consent in this case bessie's happiness that is the happiness of all of us our happiness bessie's and mine i would say no doubt your happiness is very important to yourself mr travers and as to my daughter's well-being i have looked to that for quite a number of years past and i flatter myself i shall be able to look out for it in the future not if you insist on parting us i cried getting out of patience and letting all my carefully prepared plans of assault to go by the board you may withhold your consent but that cannot prevent our loving each other of course not nothing on earth can prevent young people who are in love from making themselves ridiculous but getting married and living together soon cures them of sentimentalism won't you give us that chance to be cured then my dear mrs pinkerton i exclaimed regaining a little tact she seemed to be taken at under advisement, and my courage came up a little. 
then looking at me with her peculiarly searching gaze she said it isn't necessary to argue the case i know all you would say you love bessie to distraction you could not live without her your heart would be hopelessly broken if you had to give her up you will be true to her forever and a day you offer her all of the good things of this world that any sane woman could desire besides which you throw in an eternal undying devotion and so on to the end of the chapter we will consider that all said and so save time and trouble you think that ought to end the matter and bring me to your way of thinking i wonder at the effrontery of young men who walk into households and carelessly tell us mothers what is best for our children and assure us between their puffs of tobacco smoke that a case of three weeks moonshining outweighs the devotion of a lifetime i began to see what course was open for me the old lady was jealous and i could not blame her her objections were general not specific strategy must take the place of a direct assault there flashed through my mind the ridiculous old nonsense rhyme quotation i must soften the heart of this terrible cow i said gently i can readily see how a mother must regard the claims of the man who comes to her demanding the most precious treasure and what you say makes me feel how presumptuous my demand must seem i love your daughter that must be my only excuse and after all what has happened was only what a mother must expect your daughter's love will not be the less yours because she also loves the man of her choice that she should love and be loved was inevitable we will not go into the discussion any further she interrupted i don't wish to say anything uncomplimentary of you personally but i simply am not prepared to give my daughter up at present my opinion of men in general is good so long as they do not interfere with me or mine mental note may there be precious little interference between us your judgment is doubtless good i said smiling but there are exceptions which prove the rule and i hope that you will find that even i will improve upon acquaintance your conceit is abominable young man thank you i have found no one who could flatter me except myself so i lose no opportunity to give myself a good character especially in addressing the mother of the woman you wish to marry eh? precisely as she is naturally prejudiced against me my dear mrs pinkerton what must i do to please you hold your tongue anything but that you admit that i am a good fellow enough and that bessie will probably marry some one in course of time no i don't see why you cannot make us both happy by giving your consent it costs you a pang to do it i honour you for that give me the right to console you by making myself an object of pity no not yet not yet i must at least have time to think i inwardly cursed my luck how long was this sort of thing going to last i was about to rise and take my leave when an inspiration struck me mrs pinkerton i said gravely what you have said of the ties that exist between you and your daughter has touched me deeply i believe we young people do not half appreciate a mother's unchanging love it lies so far beneath the surface that we are too apt to forget its constant blessing my mother died when i was very young ah if she were only here now to plead my cause for me with these words i turned on my heel and hastily got out of the room i went into the garden and lighted a cigar the better to think over the situation i could not determine what progress if any i had made in the good graces of mrs pinkerton while i was cogitating bessie came out and approached me with an inquiring look i am afraid my returning glance did not greatly reassure her as she came up and took my arm she said well well no it's not very well 
i am beaten my dear your mother is simply a stony-hearted parent what did she say oh she wants you to grow up an old maid as if such a thing were possible and says that lovers have no idea of what a mean cruel thing it is to rob people of only daughters and that she shall require time to think of it what do you think of that bessie knitted her pretty brows and dug her toes into the walk perhaps i'd better go to her she said of course you must but i know it won't be of any use just yet we must as she says give her time she will come around all right at the end of nine or ten years the fact is bessie she's a little bit jealous of me and regards me as an intruder poor dear mamma said bessie her eyes becoming moist poor dear pussycat you should have seen her shoot me with her eyes and ridicule my honest sentiment she used me roughly my dear and i can't help wondering at my amazing politeness to her bessie was not discouraged she had several interviews with her mother in which protestations tears smiles and coaxings played a part but there was no apparent change of heart on the part of the old lady i don't know how long this disagreeable state of affairs would have continued under ordinary circumstances had not an unexpected thrilling and as it happened fortunate occurrence hastened a crisis and brought an end to the siege it was a very singular thing and it seemed to have been prearranged to bring me glory and what was better the desired goodwill of the stony-hearted parent if there was any one thing that the worthy mrs pinkerton detested more than men and tobacco that thing was a burglar add fear to detestation and you will see that when i defended the old lady from the attentions of a burglar i had taken a long step in her good graces it was a week after the interview narrated above and in the early summer mrs pinkerton had gone down to a quiet seaside resort for a short stay thinking to get away from me but i was not to be put off so i followed her taking a room at the same hotel about one o'clock at night the particular burglar to whom i owe so much effected an entrance into the hotel through a basement window and quietly made his way upstairs every one was asleep except myself and i was planning all sorts of expedients to conquer the prejudices of my mother-in-law that was to be mrs pinkerton's room opened on a long corridor near the end of which my modest seven by nine snuggery was situated it was a warm night and the transoms of the doors at almost all of the bedchambers had been left open to admit the air a gleam of light from a dark lantern coming through my transom was what led me to hastily don a pair of trousers and take my revolver from my valise then i opened my door very cautiously without having struck a light and i could see nothing i waited for a few moments almost holding my breath at the end of those few moments i could make out the form of a man swarming over the top of the door of mrs pinkerton's room his head and shoulders were already inside of the room and i could see his legs wriggle about as he noiselessly warmed his way through the narrow transom it took me but a brief second of time to glide forward on tiptoe and mount the same chair which had been used by the intruder in climbing through the transom this done i seized both the wriggling legs simultaneously and gave a tremendous pull my excitement must have imbued me with double my natural strength and the result of that pull was simply indescribable burglar transom glass chair and all went in a heap on the floor of the corridor producing the most appalling and unearthly racket conceivable the whole house was in an uproar in a moment people seemed to spring up from every square foot of floor in the corridor as if by magic cries of fire murder help and screams of frightened women rose on every hand 
the costumes which i beheld on that momentous occasion were not only varied but exceedingly amusing and picturesque as well the assembled multitude found nothing to interest them however i alone was to be seen seated on a broken chair with a rapidly swelling black eye while broken glass and an extinguished lantern lay on the floor i told the male guests what had happened the burglar had not waited to ask for my card but had contented himself with planting one blow from the shoulder on my left eye before i could get upon my legs and my revolver well i had not had the ghost of a chance to use it it was in my pocket fifteen minutes after the fracas mrs pinkerton came to my room completely dressed and insisted upon coming in to hear all about it and to overwhelm me with thanks and admiration i was as modest as heroes proverbially are and then and there told her never to refer to the subject again unless she addressed me as bessie's betrothed we went riding together bessie mrs pinkerton and i the day after this episode and without any previous indication of an approaching thaw that singular old lady began to talk freely about what should be worn at the wedding referring to it as though she had been the principal agent in bringing it about End of chapter 2